0: I'm in. Amen. I'm in. I'm yours. Amen. Say, I'm in. Say, I'm yours. Your love is too good to leave any of us here. Amen. Do you believe that? because come on man we're we're praying into the gospel right there we're singing into the gospel when we say when we say man that, that that I'm in in what what are we in in his part what's his part all right we pushed him away we our life the world humankind pushed him away and that's what we have been doing since the beginning of our time is pushing him away and then we lose that you know that that ability maybe even that mind Mindset of even gravitating, gravitating towards him, like it's never even going to be possible. And so, when he came, all right, gave his life for you, gave his life for me. When he came, man, and 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 then, and then filled that gap, filled the void between you and God, between me and God, and gave his life on the cross, all right. And when he was buried and rose again from the grave, that's when we say, you know what? I'm in. Amen. That's his part. I'm in his part, and then, and then and then we can we call our part. I'm yours. Say I'm yours one more time. I'm yours. That's it. I'm in. Amen. His part. I'm yours. Our part. Put it together. Your love's too good to leave us right here. But my question is, man, are you willing to do your part? Are you willing to pursue your part, to do your part, to understand your part, to move in your part, that I'm yours part? Let's put that to the test today, amen? I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So today, man, we're going we're gonna to take a look at a huge chunk. Well, not a huge chunk, but, a, but a, actually compared to what we've been doing, it's a smaller chunk of Scripture. And I want to challenge us to read through this scripture and check out his part, all right? And then I want to challenge us to to question this scripture. Say question, come on. All right, his scripture, his word, question his word. It's okay to do that. And so today, we're going to read through the Word, all right, and then we're going to check out His part, and then we're going to take a look at our part, and then we're going to put the two together. This is a sermon of practice today. It's not a practice sermon, all right? I'm not here to practice a sermon on y'all. I'm here to lead you into a practice, God willing, into a practice through His Word. Amen? And so we're going to read through His Word, all right, and then let's just kind of, then we'll get into our part. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor right now. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me. Stand up with me, all right, and, and then let's just, let's just focus our attention on his word. I'll put, that, put it up there. We're in Luke chapter 2. We're, we're going through the book of Luke, right, and we're going to be here for a minute, all right, and so uh, let's just read through this together, all right, let's just read through this together for his glory, amen. Father, this is your word, and we just praise you, and we just give you thanks. Guide us, Lord God. Luke chapter two, verse 40 says this. And when, and when the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't even know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, uh, but, but, but then they began to search for him among the relatives and acquaintances. And when they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teacher's listening to them, say listening, and asking them questions, say questions, Questions. come on, this is our stuff, these are all words today, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding, say understanding, thank you so much, they're amazed at his understanding and his answers, And as his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why are you looking for me? Did you not know I must be in my father's house? They didn't understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them, came to Nazareth, and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God. and man. Father, guide us through your word for your glory. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. You can go ahead and sit down. Thank you for that. So I got some questions. I got a lot of questions for you today, but I got a question for you. All right. If you were sitting with Jesus, if Jesus was sitting with you, just like this was the scene right here, if he was sitting with you, if you were sitting with him and, and, and having a conversation, all right, about your faith, about his word and about the world, what kind of questions would he be asking you? Not us, not we, you Personally. What kind of questions would Jesus be asking you? What would be, what questions would he direct your way? And why would he ask you those questions? You see, because I believe he would probably ask a lot of us the same questions, but I know for a fact that he would ask each of us different questions according to who we are and where we are in our faith, through his word and about the world. The question I'm asking is what would he be asking you? And why would he be asking you those things? Can you even imagine? I can imagine a ton of things he would be asking me when I'm when I'm thinking about my faith and his word in the world. What about this, man? When you're talking, all right, about God, all right? When you're talking about your faith, when you're talking about, you know, his word, when you're talking about the world to others, what kind of questions do you ask them? Or do you even ask questions? Are questions even important in that area? Because when I think about this, how many times, man, when we're talking about God, when we're talking about our faith, when we're talking about, you know, his word, when we're talking about the world, all right? Well, how many how many times when we're telling other people about the love of Jesus Christ, do we neglect to even pursue their understanding, ask them about their understanding? How many times do we neglect to even find out where what life is for them, what kind of life they've been brought up in, what kind of pain they have been suffering? What kind of hurt that they're dealing with? What kind of craziness is going on in their life, or what kind of goodness is going on in their life? How many times, man, do we fail to even ask these questions? I remember well, early on, man, when I was, you know, back away in college. All right, <clears throat> all right, then that these guys would come in there and they would want to talk about God and tell me why I needed God and why why I needed to change my life because things were wrong with me and they need I needed to be more like them. All right, when I look back and I think back about these guys. I'm wondering, were they even talking to God? Did they even ask God any questions about, you know, coming and talking to me because they didn't have a clue who I was. And it seemed like they didn't even care because they're telling me all about, you know, who I am. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know what I got to do to eat on a daily basis. Right. I'm checking out their shoes and they're all shiny and shined up, man. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to have shoes you know, waiting for me when I get out because I've gotten out a couple of times and I don't even have any shoes. Do you even care to even know anything about me, to even ask any questions? You see, what I recognize, and I understand, man, they had good intentions and whatnot, but I gotta question the fact that they question God about coming and, and talking to me because they didn't even ask me any questions. I think questions are huge. You see, because discipleship is not about, man, it's not about you and me getting all kinds of knowledge and then just vomiting it up on people who we think need to hear it. No, man, it begins with listening. Say listening one more time. It begins with questions. Say questions, please. And it begins with understanding. Say understanding, please. I said say it one more time. I'm probably going to have to say it like 20 or 50 more times. Who knows, man? We'll see. All right. But that's where it begins. Listening, questions, and gaining and pursuing, and pursuing and gaining understanding. You see, in the first place, that each of us, that we, all of us, that this needs to happen in our life, is between you and Jesus. That's the first place we need to start listening. That's the first place we need to be asking questions. That's the first place we need to be gaining understanding. And so again, I'm telling you, I wanna take you through this text that we're reading right here, and I wanna, I wanna practice. I want us to practice listening, all right? I want us to practice all right, asking some questions, all right? I want us to pursue understanding together. This is, again, a, a, you know, this is not a practice sermon. It's a sermon of practice. And so this, like when I read the scriptures, I ask God all kinds of questions, and I think it's important, I think, I think many of us, and I've seen, I've talked to a lot of people who are just afraid to ask questions. They're afraid to ask God questions. I'm gonna tell you right now, God is not afraid of your questions. I believe that. And I believe it's important for us to ask him. So let's practice this. Luke chapter two, verse 40. All right. Luke chapter two, verse 40. i I'm going to begin where we left off last week, because there was a huge question that this verse, this verse brings to, in my, to my table. And I think it's important for us all to ask here. Look at Luke chapter two, verse 20. And the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. And when I look at that, all right, and I see the child Jesus. We just got to reading about the the baby Jesus, and the, and the and the, and 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 then and then the child Jesus, and then we'll also hear about the boy Jesus. All right, when we read about this, I think there's a huge important question that we need to ask: Why is it important when reading about Jesus's early life on Earth? Why is it important to remember that he has always existed, that the child, the baby, the boy was, you know, was and is and always has been God? Why is this important for us? to remember, all right? Because when you read the scriptures, that's what we see if we engage it. We can get lost right here reading about the early life of of Jesus here on earth and forget that, you know what? He was here before. He's always been here, all right? And it's important for us to recognize that John chapter one, verse one says this, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, not my beginning. I mean, not his beginning, but our beginning. Not God's beginning because God didn't have a beginning, but our beginning, in the beginning of our history, excuse me, was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Wait a second, wait a second. In the beginning was the Word, all right? And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Where's this going? Check this out. He was in the beginning with God. Okay. Are you talking about a Word are you talking about a person? Yes, all right? Talking about a Word, talking about a person? Yes, all right? He was in the beginning with God. All things, who's he? Jesus, man. You got to know who he's talking about. All things were made through him through who through jesus and without jesus all right was not anything made that was made this is huge right here all right but wait a second this doesn't we don't this is not the beginning of our scriptures when we read the bible in its entirety this story right here this word right here doesn't come around till a few thousand years later So, but how are you going to, just the Apostle John writing about this, how are you going to talk about Jesus like this when you weren't even there? Wait a second. We have to think about what he just said. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. All right, let's go back to the beginning. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter one. Boom, open it up, verse one, and it says, in the beginning, God created It doesn't say in the beginning God was created. It doesn't say in the beginning God created more God. All right, it didn't say anything about it. It says, in the beginning, God created the, the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. So you had God the Father, all right, created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And here we go, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So, so far, we have God the Father, we have God the Spirit, we have one God. All right, but wait a second, where's Jesus? And, and verse 3 says, and God said... What happens when we say? What happens, what is that? Those are words, all right? He spoke these words. Remember what he said? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through who? All right. And without Jesus was not anything that was made. And so God is, is making things through the Word. And so we have God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Word. We have the triune God. We have, we have three in one. We have God existing. Jesus was here. He wasn't created. All right. After God. All right. He was there with God when God created all these things through Him. All right. And this is important. This is important for us to recognize. You know, throughout the, the scriptures, you see snapshots of, of this person who is God, all right. All of a sudden people are seeing him. They can actually see him. Isaiah has this vision, all right, and he, he talks about this king, right, that was that died at that certain time. He kind of gives us a picture of exactly when in time he wrote this. Stay with me, all right? And he said that in this vision, he says, I saw the Lord, all right, seated high and above in the, the 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 train of his his robe filled this whole temple. He said, I saw saw the Lord. Wait a second. Before that, we read in the scriptures where God himself says, no man can look at me and live. Nobody can see my face, but yet here's Isaiah saying, I see him. Is this a contradiction? Wait a second. All right, here we see, here we see Isaiah saying, I saw the Lord, all right, and these weird little angels, all right, has these wings up here, wings down here, and they're going like this, all right? They're in the temple, and they're saying, hey, man, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The, the whole world is filled with his glory, and at the sound of their voices, it said the whole place shook, and here's what Isaiah said. He said, wait a second, he says, I'm trip. He says, woe is me, for I'm lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, lips for my eyes have seen wait nobody can see me and my face and live well wait a second Isaiah says I have my eyes have seen the king who do you think he's talking about what do you think he's talking about Jesus that's a good guess but there's proof Because John the Apostle later on writes, as he's quoting Isaiah and these words from Isaiah, as Jesus quotes these words from Isaiah, John the Apostle writes in John chapter 12, verse 41, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Isaiah was there face to face with Jesus. And so we, we, we hear all that and we ask this question, why is this important? You see, you're getting it already. Good question, you guys are doing great. All right, this is a sermon practice of looking at scripture and asking questions, and you got the man pfft. awesome. Why is this important? Why, why is this important, right? Because we just started reading about the child Jesus. Why is it important to know that you know he was here way before? Because if if, if the Jesus that you worship, if the Jesus that you pray to, if the Jesus that you trust all right, is not God that has always been God, then you are with the wrong Jesus. And this is important. You gotta know this. This is Jesus. And this is who Jesus always has been, man. And man, you guys, in your mind, you're imagining this great grand scene, this big king on this throne, all this stuff in the beginning of the world, all this stuff. This is important because when we consider the child jesus when we consider all right that this has always has been jesus that jesus always has been jesus all right but yet he laid aside all of that stuff all of that glory all of that kingship all of that power all of that prominence and stepped into history with you and me well now we start to gain a little more understanding now that we recognize that god stepped himself stepped out of all of that man All right, to then step into history with you and with me, man. He stepped in here so that we could know him and so that we can know that he knows us completely. That's a big deal. Because, like Isaiah, I'm gonna have a hard time relating to that big old king with those weird little feathered guys just running around. But this Jesus right here, this God, when he stepped into history with you and me, now I can grab a hold of that. Now I can grasp that. And when I needed to know that I can know him, and I need to know that he knows me. And I knew I know this, there are so many people that don't even know they can know him. Uh, I told somebody this before, but one time, I was, I was uh, working as a field mechanic down in Tucson, all right? And at the end of the day, I went in, checked in, turned some stuff in. I'm leaving the shop, all right, in, in, in my service vehicle. I'm pulling out of the shop, man, this guy looked hungry this dude he was hungry and you could tell you ever see somebody you're like dang that dude is hungry you know what i'm saying this cat looked hungry and he walked up to me and what he said he said hey dude i'm hungry that's exactly what he said and i said bro you look hungry i said you know what he asked me for some money and you know i've told you before i don't like giving out money i don't like doing that but you know what I said, let's go across the street. It's a K right over here across the street. Let's go grab you something to eat, man. He says, cool. Thank you so much. So he he went he went out uh, over across the street, and he was kind of hanging outside the side of K. I went in there, and I went to go grab uh, a little hot dog. You know what I mean? But I thought to myself, man, if Jesus was outside, would I bring him this tiny little hot dog? No. What would I bring him? One of these hollow jalapeno cheese-filled hot dogs, man, these jalapeno cheese dogs, all right, with all the stuff, man, and these chips, man, and, and, this, and this water, man, and, 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 and some snack bars, and what else can I get them? You know what I mean? You don't have cigarettes? No, you don't need cigarettes. Okay, man. All right, good. What would I get Jesus? All right, I'm bringing all that out there. And I brung it to this cat, right? And here's what blows me away. I go to hand this stuff to this dude. Like I said, he looked hungry. It looked like his mouth was getting ready to water. And I could tell his eyes were starting to water. I handed it to him. And he said, you know what? He said, man, thank you. Thank you so much. He was so grateful. And you know, what do we say? And it becomes ritualistic, but it shouldn't be what we say. Well, what do we say, man? When, when they say thank you, we say don't thank us, right? We say, what, what do we say? Thank the Lord. I said, to dad, I said, hey, man, don't thank me, man. Thank Jesus, man, because he sees you, brother. He sees you. You're not missing. He sees you, and he knows you're hungry, man. And he had that food in his hand. I'm not even kidding, dude. Remember, this cat looked hungry. He was hungry. He sat the food down beside him. He looked me right in the eye, and he said, I've heard about this Jesus, but I don't know anything about this, man. Can you tell me about this Jesus. I said I would, but me and my wife trying to catch a movie tonight. I got to split. You know what I mean? We're trying to roll. You know, good luck with that. I, you know what I mean? You know, I, I didn't tell them none of that. All right. Well, I shared this gospel, this king, this God, this creator, becoming this person so he can know your hunger and he can know your thirst. That's a big deal. challenge was just around the corner, directed him over there. I don't know the rest of the man's story, but I know that was a huge part of his story. He needed to own it. Just like us. Amen. We need to... Listen. We need to lean in, and we need he he. The question that he asked was way more important than his hunger at that time because he realized he had a spiritual hunger, and each of us do, man. But we need to listen. We need to ask questions, and we need to pursue that understanding. Look at verse forty-one. Dang, it's already that time. All right, <laughs> we got a lot more to go through. All right, <clears throat> all right, we're gonna move. Well, that's part of this. We're gonna move real fast. But so, but 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 then, look at it says then. Now his parents. Okay, remember the story we're in. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the passover. His parents had a had a routine. Had a schedule. Right? Back at this time and maybe even today I'm not quite sure I haven't done the, the research on this, but I know that at that time it was required for every male Jew to attend three three um three um feasts. The Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. All right? The feast of the Tabernacles. Now now you know, some, if you, if you lived far away, like Nazareth was like 80 miles away. It's like a three to four day journey. If you're hoofing it by yourself, you might make it in two days, all right? But it's 80 miles away. And so like, if you lived far away from Jerusalem, because that's where these, you know, this took place, that, uh, you know, you can, you can just come to that one, that, that Passover, or if you were poor, you couldn't make it. All the time you had to work. But these, here they are, man. They, they said, they we're gonna make this an every year thing. And I'm looking at this and I'm asking, why is that so important? Why is that so important? I mean, we have to read, we're listening and we have to ask questions. It's okay to ask God questions about his word. Why is that so important? And it leads me to another question. Why is this scheduled time with God so important? Why is it so important? And that's what I'm looking at. I see a schedule, I see a yearly schedule and I can only imagine what their daily schedule is with the Lord because I know their weekly schedule is is to uh, observe Sabbath. Why Why is this important? Why is it important for us, all right, to, to spend time with God every morning? Why is it important to schedule time to be with our community groups? Why is it important to come here on a Sunday morning and worship together? Why is it important for us to observe Sabbath? Why are these things important? And I, I, I got this right here, the further, I, this is what my answer, you might have a different answer, all right, and that's okay, but, but the answer that I come up with is the further I get away from him, the easier it is to forget him. The further I get away from God, the easier it is to forget God, so... Personally, I want to make sure that I do not forget. Amen? Look at verse 42. Here we go. I'm going to read a bigger chunk here. Consider your questions. And I'm not here to answer all your questions, but God is. So as we're going through the scripture right here and you have questions that we don't talk about, write these questions down, man, as you should every time you read the scriptures. Look at verse 42, it says, when he was 12 years old, all right, now it is, see how it is important to know who he was and is before he was 12 years old, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom, and when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents didn't know it. And supposing him to 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 be with uh the the in the group, they went a day's journey, but but they began to search for him among the relatives and acquaintances. And, and you're like, how in the world do you lose God, right? I mean, come on, man, you guys need to be on top of this game. If anybody needs to be, you know, where's God at? I don't know. Last time I saw him, you know, what I mean, we just can't do that. Let me ask you this: How many questions do you ask? How many times do you ask yourself the question? You know, how many times do you lose God? I'll be asking the crowd itself: well, Where's God? If you ever ask to you know, see a situation? Say, where's God in all this? Did you lose them? You can't lose God. It was crazy, man. Practically speaking, you know they're traveling in big bunches because you know a, tra- a journey like that. There's robbers, thieves, and stuff like that. And to protect them from that type of attack, you know you travel in numbers, and that's a big deal. You got people from the community, you got family, you got relatives, and so the kids, man, they're just—I mean—having a blast, man. That's that's a fun. That's a fun journey. Because right, you're not in the car, you're just traveling, man, hanging out with your cousins over here, your friends over here, hanging out with your dad trying to look important, hanging with your mom because you're hungry. All these other years back and forth. So I have to think, they come to the end of the day's journey and they, they're just sitting there because it was a day's journey and they kind of said that we're going to camp here for the next, where's Jesus? Oh, man, I thought he was with you. And when they didn't find him, they returned to Jesus. I mean, they returned to Jesus. they returned to Jerusalem, which is another day's journey. So, journey out one day, out one day back, and after three days, it tells me that they that they you, you got to do work on when you read the scriptures. Don't just, just, just let it just kind of fly in and out of your mind. All right, they they journeyed out a day. That means they had to journey back a day, and then if it's after three days. That means that on the third day that they were looking for him, and they finally found him in the temple. On the third day, I wonder if that means anything. Check this out. After three days, they found him in the temple. They probably should have started there, right? Sitting among the teachers, all right? He's, he's listening to them and asking them questions. All right? they, they're, they're looking all over the place and they walk up and then what do they see? Here he is, the temple, this place where worship and all this craziness is going, taking place. And there's Jesus just chopping it up, man, with all these teachers and stuff like that. That's pretty wild. And he's listening. Look at it, say listening. And he's asking them questions. Say questions. Let me ask you this, man. If Jesus was looking for you, where would probably be the most likely place he would find you? Where would he need to look? Where would be the first most, in your life, the most reasonable place for him to find you? Think about that. And we found Jesus where in the temple, man. He was right there. Where would he find you? I love. I share this story all the time, man. But uh, my my grandson uh, Jesse, he's 13 now, but when he was about five or six, all right, my son Jesse was was playing uh, video games with my grandson Joey. And they're in there playing video games. And, 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 and Jesse, little Jesse, all right, about five or six years old, walks in there and is watching them play video games. And he's wearing his dantaras. You know what the dantaras are? Dantaras, All right, the little tidy whities You know what I'm talking about? All right. He's wearing his dantaras, right? And he walks in there, six years old, in his dantaras. And he's looking at them. They're playing video games. And he stands there, puts his hands on his hips, and says, So, is this what you guys want to be doing when Jesus comes back? <laughs> And they're like, what? And then he just goes, boom. little dun-dun-dun is walking away. You know what I mean? And he just walked away. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to think about these things, man. You know, where is he going to find you? Where do you want him to find you? I, we're reading these scriptures. We have to ask these questions of ourself and of the word. After three days, he was sitting among, he was listening, he was asking questions. Now, here's a real important question. What keeps you from asking questions? When, when, when in, in the Word, when you know, being a student of the Word, and when following God through His Word, and being around you know, you know, His people, and His family, and your family, our family, the family of God, what keeps you from asking questions? Think about that. You cannot tell me you don't have questions about any of this. I know you do. What's keeping you from asking them? Oh, I don't want to look stupid. Well, you do. So <laughs> <laughs> ask the questions, right? I'm just saying, all right? If you're not asking questions, that's not smart, right? Well, uh, pride. Oh, no, I don't want anybody to know. I don't know these things. Well, they know. Fear. I'm not afraid what people are going to think. Man, you know what, man? I've been walking with the Lord 26 years now. I've been a pastor, I don't know how many years, a long time, I don't know, 15, 20, something, I don't know, maybe 20 years, 20 years, 20, whatever, who cares, but I'm still asking questions, I need to ask questions, I go and sit into these circles of these pastoral circles and been church, you know, stuff going down in Phoenix, and I'm over, we're over, we're over to other places, my wife and I were in Florida at this conference, with all these pastors all over the world, and stuff like that, and we're just checking and digging into things, and they're saying stuff, man, and, and they're using words, man, that I don't use, So, I'm going to ask him, what does that, that word mean, man? I want right? to ask them, what does that mean? How did you come to that conclusion? Well, I'm asking questions. I'm even asking questions of guys that are, and men and women that are younger than me, because apparently they've been searching these things out. And so, I'm going to ask questions because I don't care if I look stupid. I just don't want to be stupid. All right? Maybe that's a harsh word to use in this, but I'm, I'm, I'm projecting it towards me. I mean, I did say you were stupid. No, you're not. You're not stupid. Sorry. Remember, maybe take that back. Okay. <laughs> you're not stupid. All right. <laughs> so whatever. All right. But I, I, I want to ask questions, man. We need to ask questions. We need to read through the scriptures and we need to pursue God with questions because we want to pursue understanding. And that's how we learn. That's how we grow. It's important. Luke 247 says this, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. They were amazed because he, you know, here is God in the flesh, and and he actually knows who he is. Or if he didn't, he wouldn't say I should be in my father's house. He knows exactly who he is. But he's also growing and learning and understanding, just like we are. Because he wants to grow and learn and understand us and know that he that we too are understood by him. This is important. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you and in great distress. And he said to them, well, why are you looking for me? Why are you looking for me? I love how Jesus, and he will constantly do this throughout his ministry, and we'll recognize this throughout the, you know, book of Luke. A lot of times Jesus is approached with a question and he immediately responds with another question. Why? Because in Jesus' uh, response with a question, he is revealing the intent of the questioner. So, so if you're asking God a question and he gives you a question right back, that is to help, help you understand why you're even asking this question in the first place. Are you looking for your own answer or are you truly gonna wait on his But in this case, Jesus answers his own. He says, you know, did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they didn't understand this saying that he spoke to them. And I'm looking at this, man, and, and personally, this is again, uh, you know, a sermon of practice. My practice is to question the material right here that God has given me. This story, this truth that He has given me. And what do you want me to, to recognize? Because there, here's, here's Mary and Joseph. They forgot, you know, they, they must have forgotten who Jesus is since they were, took a whole day before they actually looked where He, they should have known He was. And how many times do we have family and friends, all right, they lean in a little bit to Jesus, and because he's not telling them what they want or because they're not hearing what they want, they just walk away. They get a glimpse of him and they get away from him. Now, early on in his life, they were told who he is, but then life continues to move and go and, and things just happen, and we know what life is like to experience on a daily basis. And they kind of got away from that heavenly vision, and they went looking in the wrong places for him. And I want to challenge myself, because I know I have family. I know I have friends, all right, that have just kind of glanced at Jesus, didn't see what they wanted, and it kept on rolling. Or maybe saw what they liked for a moment, and then it didn't keep up, and the hype was gone, and then they were gone. And I want to ask this question when I'm looking at scriptures like this. How can I make it easier for my family and friends to find Jesus? Are you starting to understand the practice? Are you starting to understand the practice of of listening to the scriptures, of questioning the scripture and questioning yourself in the scripture and pursuing understanding? Verse 51, he says, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured all these things up in her heart. That's kind of a little bit of evidence knowing that, that, that uh, it's traditionally held that Luke got a lot of these stories from actually interviewing Mary and that she got this and then she just treasured this stuff. In other words, this stuff was kind of crazy for her at the time, but she kind of held on to it. And, and I have to ask this question, what, kind, what, what can we learn from Mary's example? just listening and watching the scripture and taking note of the story and recognizing this is truth. This really happened. Mary was a real person was really there and really treasured these things in her heart. What can I learn from Mary on a personal level? I recognize this. I don't know about you, but I recognize this. And we might all recognize different things, but personally, I recognize that God won't always make sense to us in the moment. He won't always make sense to us in the moment. And so don't try to force God to explain everything now. Because when we do that, all right, we end up forcing God to answer with our own answers rather than waiting on God. So put these things in your heart. And wait on the Lord. I know that's hard, man. Because we don't just want answers now. We want answers right now. But Mary gives us an amazing example. She treasured these things all up in her heart. Look at verse 52. And then and, and we see Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And I, and I look at this. He increased with, with wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It basically speaks that everybody was recognizing Jesus' growth as a child as he grew into this man. They recognized the growth. It was evident. And my question to you is, is it evident? Is it, is, is your growth evident to the people around you? And I look at this and I ask the same question I asked of Mary, what can we learn from Jesus' example here? Because he never stopped growing. He knew there was a fight coming. And he was always in training for the fight. I'm a a fan of professional fighting, right? Professional real fighting, boxing and, 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 you know, cage fighting sorry all right stuff like that i'm a fan of that stuff but i'm more a fan of their workout i'm more a fan of their training i'm blown away by their training because these cats are staying in there's they're staying in training they're staying ready all the time and when the and, and they're constantly training and training and when a fight comes on they they, they magnify that are like crazy Right. And these are men and women who can fight, man. They, they know how to fight and they're ready to fight at all times. All right. But so you think, well, why don't they just, you know, they're always training. They're always ready. Why don't they just go in there and fight? Because you know what? They have, they, they, they're, they're, they're just taking too much for granted. Just taking what we kind of, you know, just kind of do on a daily basis and knowing that there's a fight. We have to amp it up. And that's what Jesus constantly does. He knows that there's always a fight. You may be a good fighter, but if you don't train, all right, your fighting skills might start to get smaller and diminish and littler and and, then less and less and weaker and weaker because we're not keeping on top of our game. I can't tell you how many champions I have seen train from the ground up. And all of a sudden they're fighting our way to the title fight and they get to the title fight and they win, man. And they're just, they're just blown away and they're just in tears and they go home, man. And they're the hometown hero. They're the hometown hero, man. And, and everybody's just like, yeah, the fighter, you know, and then, and then next thing you know, they got this next fight. They have the, they have the challenge to the belt that they just won. All right. And they have this next fight coming, but yet they're just kind of busy doing doing interviews and, and and, and serving and, and speaking publicly and, and all over the place and taking all these photo ops but yet the fighter that they're getting ready to fight is focused he's he's hungry all right and she's ready all right and constantly and they go to that next fight because they weren't as hungry as they were for the first fight because they they they, 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 they lose. And I got to ask you, man, you remember the time when you started getting really, really hungry for God and you just got, you just it was insatiable hunger and you just pursued him and his word was just more, more, more and you just couldn't, man. And that's what happened, man. You got to the point where you're taking photo ops, man. And you're just like, yeah, I'm total Christian. Hashtag blessed. All right. You know what I mean? You're just all that. We're not hungry no more that's what I know man that that we need to stay hungry we need to stay in his word we need to keep listening we need to keep asking questions we need to keep pursuing understanding people all around you need you to be a good fighter because they're gonna need you to fight for them we've got people all around us that need us to be a good fighter ready for the fight because they need us to fight for them they need us also to help prepare them for the fight. They need us also to go into the fight with them. They need us to fight alongside them. They need us to encourage them in the fight and help them to stand after the fight. Jesus was training for his fight at age 12. (laughs) What are we waiting on, man? If Jesus needed to be with the Father daily, what makes me think that I don't? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. So what do I want you to do? Own this story. It's your story. You need to listen in on it. You need to question it. You need to understand it. All right, three things that I've just been hammering this whole time. Read the word. Listen to God. Two question the word, all right? Wait for God. Number three, pursue understanding in the word and walk with God. Question everything. A life without questions is a life that will lack understanding. We must be the people of God. We're not afraid to ask God what it means be his people. Amen. He did his part. It's time for our part. And he won't leave you right here. You understand that? Praise the Lord. Amen.